Well, good morning. Welcome to the second, fifth Sunday of the month. <laughs> okay. Uh, just to let you know, our barbecue is not July, it is June. Okay. I know you're nodding because you're sitting there going, ooh. <laughs> well, here we are. We are on a journey of learning to love. And I guess uh, some of the most famous words of the Bible come from Corinthians, and they're read at weddings, aren't they? Love is, love is patient, love is kind, and these are familiar words. Now, when it comes to kindness, I've been really struck recently by um, the program Race Across the World. Put your hands up if you watch that. Okay. Well, I've got a few of you, but for the rest of you, this is a program where people have to travel huge distances. So the current series, they're going across Canada for the price of a plane ticket. Okay? So they've got to go the whole way on public transport. Now, in the current series across Canada, there is a problem in the fact that Canada, of course, is very expensive. It's not like traveling across India or somewhere like that. It's hugely expensive. And public transport is very rare. And so they've had to come out their comfort zones to ask people for lifts. In Canada, call it car share. We might call it thumbing a lift or hitchhiking. And what has struck me is how overwhelmed the people are, I don't know about you, by the kindness of strangers. They are gobsmacked. Their jaws are literally dropping. There's a great episode where this, uh, this particular couple, they meet up with a woman who literally says, take my car, you can drive it to my uncle in another city, thousands of miles away, and then he'll drive it back another week. And they, are, they can't get their heads around it, this kind of kindness that they're being shown. And I think that is a great example for us. Love is what Jesus commanded us to show each other. That is the kindness to each other and strangers, patience to our friends, self-sacrificial love that puts others' needs above our own. So in this program, you see people who say, oh, I'm not going there, but go on, I'll take you. It puts the needs above their own. And as Christians... We are commanded to do this, to put others before ourselves. In a world that seems totally fixated, especially in our news, on the negative, on the selfish, on the rude, it's so refreshing when we hear about the goodness of humanity, isn't it? We're just like, that is so good to hear. Because we can be left with this feeling of, it's a, it's a frightening world. It, it's a world I don't want to be a part of. No one can be trusted. And we get excited about this. And I think Jesus, his picture of our community was to be completely different, to be kind. Because it is so powerful and so gobsmacking for people. When we have a fun day, people say, 
oh, uh, what do you want? How much do you want? Can I make a donation? And we're like, no, it's free. And they're like, pardon? Why is it free? Why would you do that? It is really powerful. Practicing love as well, I think as Christians, we're, we are learning, it exercises a muscle in us that can become very pathetic, let's face it. The less love we show, the more insular we become, the more self-obsessed we become, and our ability has become like this. But as we practice love, as we learn to do it, we grow strong in the fact that it becomes just a natural thing for us to do. And that's why often I think as Christians, well, they will put down what they've done. They're like, oh no, it was nothing. And it is, in a sense, nothing. It's like a weightlifter coming along and going, oh la la. And then, oh, you know, we try and come and we're like, because they've exercised that muscle. This is the life that Jesus wants for us, one where kindness can bring us joy, patience can bring us hope, contentment can bring us peace, forgiveness brings us freedom, and humility brings us pleasure in what others are doing. We are champions of each other. Today's topic is practical love. Uh, Is there a PowerPoint? There is a PowerPoint. There we go. And this is our verse. Do not merely love with words and speeches, although they are good things too. It's good to be encouraged by one another. But with actions and in truth. So I want you to think for a moment... No, 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 no. (laughs) All right, forget that. I don't know where it is. Nothing's working today. Okay, what do you think loving in action and in truth looks like in practice? What do you think loving in truth, in action and in truth, looks like in practice? Maybe we could go back to that. All right, we'll just go with that. So you can tell the person next to you, or you can just think in your head, whatever. Some people are internal processes, some people external. Don't annoy someone who's an internal one, okay? Off you go. Okay, and then the second question is, can you give an example of someone who does this well? Okay, so hopefully you've all managed to think of somebody, okay? And it's probably someone close to you. You might be lucky enough that it's been a parent who's sacrificially loved you. It might be a sibling. It might be a close friend. Um, It could be a stranger. It could be someone within the community that you admire and you think, yeah, I really see them living this life of love. But 
I think that they, whoever you've thought of, will also, if you're following Jesus, have said that about you. And I want to mention this because as Christians, we are very good at dismissing this part of us because um, we don't want to draw attention. We often are all too aware that we're not perfect. And so we have some downward thoughts about who we are But I don't think this is the way Jesus views us. When faced with commands like, do this, some of us, not all of us, so I'm not talking to everybody, can go to some really unhelpful places where we sit in guilt and shame. But we must start by remembering that Jesus has never based your value or how much he loves you on what you do. And it's easy to say it, but I know an awful lot of Christians that will beat themselves up that they haven't done enough. So we're going to hold that today. The verse in John It's helpful to know that it comes right in the middle of a letter where he is not trying to build, do this, you naughty people. (laughs) He wants to build confidence in those that read the letter. He's using this as a way of confirming that they are in a close relationship with God. You can find it in 1 John if you want to. 1 John's right at the end. And it's chapter 5 and verse 13. I think I have it on one of the slides, Jeff, but I don't know which one. They're not in the right order, I think. He says, I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know that you have eternal life. He wants them to know they have eternal life. This is eternal life, that they know the Father and him and the one he sent. That's eternal life, to know God. He says, I want you to know, I've written this book so that you know that you know God. He wants to reassure you. And he sends the whole book saying, I want you to know, I want you to know, I want you to know. This letter is to confirm faith, not to condemn. And one of the ways he says we can confirm it we can know is by our actions he says um and we can know what love is he says by looking at jesus if we turn to chapter three if you've got it in front of you in verse 16 
He says, this is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. We know this, don't we? But if you look slightly up, he says, verse 14, we know that we have passed from death to life. He's giving them reasons that they can know that they are Christians. Like people that we named or we thought of, Jesus is our example. He's the perfect example. And he says, even if you do not experience this, verse 13, but even if the world hates you, even in that case, you can still know the example of Jesus. So yes, we can be encouraged by other Christians and people that we see being kind. We know what love looks like through them. But even if we don't know that, even if we've had the worst experience, we can know what love looks like because of Jesus. Practical love takes many forms. You might have thought of some. And one example that John gives is sharing what they have. And you find that where he says, um, oh, sorry. Verse 17, he gives an example. If anyone has material possessions and sees a brother or sister in need but has no pity on them, how can the love of God be in that person? So he's giving an example. He's not giving an exhaustive list, but he says, here's an example of what love might look like. So I want you to pause again, person next to you on your own. What other examples are there of practical love? Just think of them. He's like giving you one, off you go. Okay, I'm going to give you some that I came up with. So last week we had a, just take an hour, we take last Sunday. People stayed and washed up. What wonderful kindness. You go, I will wash this stuff. People moved chairs, put up tables. People turned up early. They practiced here so that they could... Um, So they could bless us with music. People set up the coffee and tea. People uh, welcomed people here. People talked to people, helped people, moved people around, checked that they had food. We're seeing examples, practical examples. In my own life, I've seen people who've come and brought me meals or cakes out the blue. I've seen people come and babysit my children. When my car broke down, a load of people, People ran around and pushed my car off Thomas Lewis way for me. I see the kindness of the church. And the only thing it brings to me is joy and inspiration. They confirm to me that people in this community are in the Lord. That they've crossed from death to life. That they're loving Jesus. And no, they're not perfect, But they are demonstrating practical love. 
in truth. Truth is another name that Jesus used for himself. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. And when we reflect on what we've done, some people like to brush it aside. They're good days. They think they've not done enough. They immediately go to what they could have done. They're constantly putting themselves down, worried about pride. And pride isn't a pleasant characteristic. But sometimes I think that it is more about their sense of their value, perhaps, or their confidence. They can struggle to feel good enough or guilty. And yes, you can't do enough. But again, we must come back to Christ chose you. He loves you. He doesn't base your value on what you do. He delights in you. He's championing you. At the beginning of chapter 3, John addresses us with these words. What we will be has not yet been known. Verse 2. But we know that when Christ appears, we shall be like him, and we shall see him as he is. We are learning to love like Jesus, and we are being transformed by him. We're not there yet, but we are on the way. We see the example of love in Christ and other believers We have our conscience to tell us what's right and wrong and the Holy Spirit to direct us. Transformation is what we will be, but also remember what we are. Jesus sees so much potential in each one of us. He is totally committed. As Paul says, he'll carry on to completion the work that he's begun in you. He has got it. Don't stress. And John says, he wants to, um, again, encourage us, not just by what we do, but he goes then on to what we think. And I think this works really well together. He says, your inner thoughts, our conscience, may tell us we failed, but, verse 20, let's have a little look. Verse 19 says, this is how we know that we belong to the truth and how we set our hearts at rest in his presence. If our hearts condemn us, we know that God is greater than our hearts, and he knows everything. Now, different people have interpreted this verse differently. Some have gone down the line of, if your hearts condemn you, well, I tell you, God knows a lot more bad things about you. And some have gone there. Some theologians have gone there. But I love the other theologians that say, even if our hearts condemn us, God is bigger than our hearts. He is bigger than anything. And he knows you so well. Psalm 139 describes how God knows us wherever we go, whatever we do. He knows us intimately. And that can be scary for some He knows. You think, oh no, he's going to know I did that. But he knows it and he loves you. He's so much bigger than anything you've done or could do. However we judge ourselves internally, because our consciences are not perfect, 
We've got a whole load of stuff still to work out there. But whether we're positive about ourselves, which is too positive, that can lead to pride. Whether we're under-positive and we're beating ourselves up, which leads to shame. God is greater than our opinion of ourselves. John invites ourselves, yes, to use our hearts to confirm that we're in him. And this is similar to verses that talk about the spirit testifies that we are children of God. And those can be great moments in worship and praise when we think, oh, I just love you, Jesus, and I'm feeling the love of God here. I'm feeling it so powerfully. Or when we're quietly walking through a wood and we think, I feel so peaceful today. I know that God loves me. But even in the moments when we don't feel that, we think, where is he? Does he love me? What's going on? I don't feel it today. Actually, I just feel rubbish about myself. It says he is greater than our hearts. Because we believe that Jesus is the Son of God, and we're trying to live our lives for him and be trans, and we're learning to love, he is greater. That's how we know. We know we've got two things that we could know that can confirm that we're in him. But above all of it, God is greater. The one who can love perfectly did and gave his life for us. His perfect love, not ours, his perfect love lives in us and we in him. And it's a great exercise if you're a negative person to go through how your life is different because of him. What decisions have you made because of him? What mortgage did you choose because of him? How did you spend your money because of him? Who did you love because of him? How did you spend your time because of him? Who did you marry because of him? Because those confirm that we are in him. He chose you, created you. He's committed to bringing you to a place of perfection, of perfect love. And I think this morning, for some of us, we need to know that it's, it's okay. God loves us. He doesn't mind you know, we might be down on ourselves, but he is not. He is, he is amazingly in love with you. There's no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. So who is condemning you? Some of us need to know we are the kind of people who need a little <laughs> that our actions are evidence that Christ is at work in us. Some of us know there are things we could do that we're not doing. But if you are that person that I just mentioned, please don't grab that bit and run with it again. Like, oh, I've got to take that, okay? Just be cautious here. All of us need to be thankful for the love that God has shown towards us, to focus on his love, 
and to ask him to fill us afresh with his love that will be an overwhelming sense that is poured out to others, to show us afresh who he is and what he's done for us, that we can see him as our example and celebrate him and be joyful and want to be like him. I think it's a bit like, um, you know, like, I don't know, if you think about your people, like if you you think about people you know and you want to be a part of them because you're proud of them and you think, yeah, they're great people, I want to be with them. You also want to be like them, don't you? And this is a bit like Jesus. We want to be like him. And some of us would like to know more of God's love, but we're not sure that we do know his love. And then maybe just take a moment. How have you experienced God's love in the community from people that say they follow him? How did you experience his love practically just from them? How have you known his love in the way that he's blessed you with life? Let's just pause for a moment and just ask the Spirit, what is the message for me today? Let's pray. Yeah, Heavenly Father, thank you that each one of us here knows that you know us intimately. Help us to really know how much you love us, how much you've done for us. Help as a community to keep exercising those muscles of learning to love, love practically, showing love to each other and those we come into contact with in the week. But Father, please guard us from thoughts that associate you with a God who judges us and gives his love based on what we've done. Thank you, Jesus. Help us continue to learn to love with the full assurance of your perfect love for us. In Jesus' name, amen.